1: the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheese that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com.
2: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org.
3: So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul.
4: Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. Hey, Souther. Welcome hey, buddy. back, buddy. Yeah. Hola. Hola. <laughs> I'm back from Mexico.
5: Yeah, man. How was it? Uh, it was great. I went down twice in a week. I've never been to Mexico, and then I went two times in a week. What the hell were you doing down there, man? I went down with the Daristi family and saw their products. They make a coconut liqueur called Kalani. Oh. They make one that's Juanabana. Man. These guys probably use it. And then they make a really cool one called Esteban. It's uh, Esteban Yeah, it's the, the Mayan spelling it starts with an X But it's uh, fennel and honey liqueur Delicious Cool, man Then I flew back home for two days and worked And then I flew back down to Mexico I went to Jalisco and Guadalajara With uh, Avignon Tequila
4: holy,
5: holy cow, those guys are hospitable
4: Yeah, and you brought me a cigar Thanks for I doing that I brought you a Romeo <laughs> and Julieta
5: Cuban <laughs> cigar Julieta well, you know. I'm going back down in Hoon or Hulai, I guess. But you
4: did say Ola instead of Hola, <laughs> so I'm, I'm proud of, half, half proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's
5: all I'm ever looking for is half your pride. <clears throat>
4: all right, so let's get into it, man. Yeah, man. Well, welcome back. I'm Thank glad you. you. I a good trip. I, two I, trips, rather. I did. Um, I wish you could have went with me. Uh, next time. Indeed. Next time, we'll do. Uh, so, yeah, man. Today in the studio, we have some buddies uh, in here from... Happiest Hour and Sully Shirley in the West Village of New York City, uh, two great bars. Inside one, two great tastes that taste great together. <laughs> two great tastes, yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> so uh, in the studio, uh, from right to left, we have Garrett Richard. Hello, hello, welcome back. We have Ray
3: Sack over, Sack over, Sack
4: <laughs> over, good one. And we have <laughs> we have Jim Kearns.
2: Yes. Uh, welcome back.
4: <laughs>
5: Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Jim's so, been on before, and I know Garrett's been on before, because he was here with the t- Tiki Mafiarg just a few weeks ago. And, yeah, man, great to have you guys back in the studio. Yeah,
6: thanks or, for having or, us. Yeah, welcome, of
4: course guys. So, today we're going to talk about Exotica. Exotica. We're going to talk about... Uh, t- like cool mid-century if- music,
5: Exotica? Uh, Are these guys a band? There's a keyboard in here. <laughs> yeah.
6: There's a band. There's also lots of drinks. Yeah. There's also lots of burlesque going on. But
4: um, But before we get into that, let's talk about the, what do you guys do over there, man? I mean, because like, it is, I know that, uh, actually, I worked with Garrett and Jim at Prime Meats back in the day. And uh, there was, you know, a lot of uh, and silencers and uh, <laughs> things like that. Hard starts. Hard starts. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so give us a rundown of uh, what's going on these days over there.
3: Uh, Well, Happiest Hour is uh, kind of a uh, mid-20th century uh, resort-themed bar, a la, like, uh, you know, L.A. or uh, Miami kind of uh, feel. Downstairs at Slowly Shirley is sort of a golden age of Hollywood uh, hotel bar. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really cool to have, like, I mean, I know that, like, your
4: staff... Uh, uh, a good majority of them work in both bars, and, like, the upstairs, the happy shower... Try to keep it that way. Yeah. Uh, Upstairs is more of, like, the, like, tiki shirt, like, ground level, like, natural light coming in. Like, you've got, like, a lot of, like, like, your, your wallpaper is very, like, Palm tree out, a little more fast and loose. Yeah, yeah. high
6: volume, <laughs> balls to the wall. Yeah, totally. party bar.
5: Yeah, I like that bar too. It's kind of a kind of a, a horseshoe, sort of sideways horseshoe. You can see across the bar to see your the patrons on the other side of the bar. So it feels very communal to be in there. I bet. I bet yeah, there's a lot of people that so. hooked up there.
3: <laughs> Just, I, by, I hear by, tell,
4: for <laughs> virtue of it being like a horseshoe bar, where, like where you can see everyone at the bar, and it's like when you know, like the the old idea of that is that uh, if you can see people from across the bar, then usually you can connect with them. them.
3: (laughs) I'm sure a lot of babies have been conceived from Happiest Hour.
4: (laughs) So, uh, well, one thing that comes to mind, uh, something we we don't really get to talk about a whole lot on this show, but I think it's something of note, uh, is that uh, you know, when you go to when, when you think of cocktail bars in New York City or anywhere really, you don't often think about the food. But the fucking burger. Oh, man. Oh, um, my God. It's so good.
5: Well, I mean, I think a lot of the people that are out there that know me know that I eat four hamburgers a year. That's it. There's <laughs> four. Only, a Only year? four. Yeah. I know you probably have four a week, right? Uh, I used to. <laughs> <laughs> I eat four a year. There's a whole. Go to my Facebook. We'll talk about why. Uh, but anyway. Um, but I had my, my hamburger this year so far. I had one in January. I had one. I had I had the Happiest Hour Burger, classic nice. burger. What, awesome. what do you call it? You, you call it? You, there's a, the Happiest Burger. The Happiest Burger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's and it's kind of like a, you know, so I, every time I'm going to have a burger, I post it out on my Facebook to say, all right, I feel like it's a burger day. Let me get some suggestions. And I don't do repeats, right? So I've never gone to anywhere and had this, a second burger. Wow. But um, on my Facebook, I got like, I don't know, 120 responses, and I just counted up who got the most votes and Happiest Hour got the most votes.
3: That's Democratic. I'm yeah. glad to hear it. Yeah. Um,
5: and then Aaron Polsky chimed in and said that it was it was to him, it, and this may be totally untrue to your effect, but it seemed that way when I ate it. It seems like kind of like deconstructed, reconstructed a Big Mac. It's like a nice it's, version of a Big Mac.
3: It's got elements of a Big Mac, uh, a little in and out, and a little shake yeah, Shack kind out. of thrown in there.
5: Yeah. All burgers I've had, so there we
6: go. Polsky has gotten... Uh, some treatment that I don't think anyone else has gotten. He he was able to take a Tahitian coffee from Slowly Shirley upstairs. I think he's the only person that's gotten away with that. <laughs> you know, walking around with a Chemex full of alcohol, just trying to talk to people.
4: <laughs> they were just like, "Who the God. fuck is this guy, and why is he walking around with a giant pot of coffee?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> coffee
5: booze. booze. That guy's got swagger.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sir. Please tell me he was. That guy usually dresses in just. Gold lame, white or gold lame.
3: <laughs> I think it was a gold LeMay speedo at the time. <laughs>
4: Perfect. So, outside of that, I mean, like you guys, um, you you figured out a way to kind of incorporate your very like because I know that like Garrett Garrett's very much into. I mean. To say that he's into co- uh, uh, tiki cocktails is—it's uh, not given enough justice.
3: It's a significant but, understatement, right?
4: So, but Jim, I know that you and I are very much into like the classic, like mm-hmm. stirred boozy vibe, right. you know. So, you guys have uh, managed to create a vibe that like bridges those
3: yeah i mean i've always uh I mean, tiki's a fun kind of thing to play with for me, but it's never been you know i've never been someone who sort of specialized in one area or who wanted to open a bar that just did one kind of thing um, so you know, given the kind of feel and the framework that you know we have with both bars really. If you think about it, tiki would have been um, a major element in the drinking culture of you know both both eras that both bars kind of hearkened uh, to. So uh, it wasn't uh, at all a reach to say, okay, well we should have some tiki cocktails on both floors. And upstairs, you know, we at happiest hour we kind of go with slightly more simple, uh, kind of accessible things like a you know pina colada or a painkiller in the slushy machine. Uh, whereas downstairs we can really kind of roll up our sleeves and play with some stuff that's a little more complicated and sure. nuanced and Garrett's great with coming up with yeah, with yeah stuff to I mean uh, in, the, in the in the era
6: that we're sort of you know that we're evoking downstairs the bars that brought mixology back were Trader Vic's the you know Steve Crane's Luau those were where the best bartenders were in the United States at the time so it was something that the program wanted to evoke certainly and uh I think when we first opened, you know, we had a little bit of that, and then um, I, I feel like we should talk about like in the last year we sort of made a big transition with where the menu was, um, where we started evoking more, uh, you know, sours from that era and classics, yeah. uh, tiki classics, and then also doing an entire savory section because our opening menu sort of looked at the neighborhood and uh, wanted to adapt to what people wanted, which was mm. like, more savory cocktails
5: quickly. How, how, how old is Happiest Hour at this point and Slowly Surely?
3: We're about two and a half years old. We nice. opened uh, Happiest Hour uh, in October of 2014. We opened Slowly Surely in May of 2015. So I
4: remember that because we had just opened Grand Army yep. and I was, yeah, like was really just close. balls deep in that yep. opening and, and you invited me to <laughs> the, uh, the opening night of uh, uh, Slowly Surely and I got on the train and I went there and I got about three-quarters of the way through a cocktail. Yeah, you remember. having a Cleopatra, some text, I
3: remember. <laughs> got some texts, and I was like, all right, got to go. Yep. Yeah, I recognized the look on your face. I knew <laughs> be. I was like, well, David's about to leave. <laughs> Cameo achieved. <laughs> yeah.
4: But it was great, and, and thanks again for that invite. And it was also Anytime, like really yeah. cool to be there. I always love seeing a bar <clears throat> like when it's under construction, and I got to see that bar. I didn't get to see Happiest Hour when it's under construction, but I got to see Slow Shirley when it was still mm-hmm. under works. And don't you like that? Like seeing like the skeleton. And yeah, like of course. The,
5: it's like you really get to a full picture of like where it came from and, and where it ended up and what the vision was of the the makers, the builders, etc.
3: Yeah, the flesh kind of get put on the bones. Yeah, yeah. totally. And and <laughs> since fun. then,
4: like, well, you, you were saying that uh, you know, like that first uh, the first menu started out a certain way, but now you've started moving into a. Kind of a lot more, like, savory cocktails because of what the, uh, the yeah, neighborhood I, I think, was.
3: Yeah, I think with Slowly Shirley, you know, we kind of, we opened with, uh, you know, a slightly different kind of menu. Uh, we, you know, started off with more stirred, boozy drinks. Our classic room list, temperature cocktails. Yeah, yes. our classics our list was Essentary Manhattans, stuff. martinis, yeah. and old fashions uh, and variations on those drinks. Um, and, you know, and the yeah, we had like the, the room temperature cocktails was a, a fun thing to try on a menu. My favorite. I always have one on the menu. I always
5: have one on the menu or more. <laughs> I on the menu or more. I, they're they're
3: okay. great. It just uh, they're, they weren't the most accessible. And uh, for the second menu, uh, we really tried to incorporate some more accessible uh, you know kind of fun elements and we... I mean it started out as a joke
6: we were like what's the first page going to be and I was like well people are always asking for spicy drinks What? Would it, yeah, they, yeah. they always ask can, can I have the spicy one so the joke was well I have nine of them here's yeah. here's the spicy one yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a page of yeah. spicy ones yeah, yeah.
3: And, uh, yeah and we, we, we always it was very important for uh, John Nydick my partner and I to have a, a representation of classic cocktails on the menu and uh so we had the idea to have a, rot- a rotating list of classics as uh you know as we kind of went on and so the second uh rollout of classics was a sours section and a uh, daisies section and obviously through sours and daisies we were able to say all right well tiki fits into this continuum let's you know play around with some you know some drinks that that go you know yeah. into that theme. was anybody
5: present pushing for that
3: <laughs> well, it was a good time. I think we all it, were, it was a good
6: time really. for it cuz it I think it took a while to get the right syrups, people, the right, you know, back of house yeah, stuff. For and sure. like when when that when we started writing that menu, like the syrups were at optimal level so mm-hmm. that we could cuz when you're first opening, it's just like let's get the systems in place to <laughs> sure. make just ginger syrup correctly. Is the prep guy going to show up? Yeah, is the prep you know, guy going yeah, to yeah. show
3: up? And like, we, Is he going to be sober?
6: Finally, we were at that level where we could go, okay, we can work on our version of the, the Jack Rose or our version of the Navy Grog or whatever, because we had all those things in place. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have two orjots, You know, We have a lot of stuff to play around with. It's really nice.
4: Cool. Well,
5: picture, uh, to, you painted me a picture. I think, Damon, you painted me a picture, uh, us, the listener. I've been to Happy Sair. I've never been downstairs. What does it look like down there?
4: Oh man, I can tell you. Do you, do you want me to tell you? From, uh,
3: go for it, man. Yeah, I'd like to consumer. hear it. I don't, I like well, from the consumers, third, person. Yeah, third yeah. person perspective. Yeah,
4: I mean, the first thing that you notice know, when you go down, uh, go down the stairs, it's a sliding door, not a push pull door. So, <laughs> That's already, uh, already you, creating some if, tension. If, if you've already had a couple of pina coladas upstairs, and then you go down the stairs, uh, you, you might not. You might feel Figure out. out how to get. Yeah, you're locked out. But the thing is, it is kind of cool that way because it is a. It is like it, it. It's transportive, you know. So, like when you go in there, it kind of has it, it. It's very kind of like deco, like mid-century, like post-deco uh, bar vibe with a slight, slight curve at the front, and the uh, the bartenders are wearing burgundy. Tuxedo jackets. Oh yeah,
5: shining. I uh, love the shining. Yeah, I was about shiny, to say yeah. Lloyd. Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah. we're everybody? all trying to be it's, Lloyd. Got, it's got a little Lloyd to it. There's sure. no
4: good here, Mister Torrance. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's these great like big hit booth uh, vibes going on. And but like the, the bar is cool itself because it's like at the end of the room. It's not like it doesn't take up the width of the room. It's like the it's it's the like kind of end, like where you're sitting.
5: Kind of like the Le Boudoir bar is.
4: Exactly. Okay, I dig it. Like that. So Positioning. It, it creates a long room that, you know, like, I, I've i noticed that, like, I mean, I, I'm always the person who wants to sit at the bar. Of course. But what I notice a lot of times when I go to Sully Shirley is that there are a lot of people who are just like, they want to be in this cocktail den and hang out at the table and have, like, table service and, and chill the fuck out. But if you want to go to the bar, it's like, you're there, they've they've got like, uh, like, like bistro height yeah. tables, yeah. so there's, it is inclusive in a way to where you still feel like you're kind of like, you're kind of like sitting at the bar, even if you're behind the bar stools and you're sitting at one of those tables or standing around one of them. Right. Um, and then the, the cocktails are like, like we were saying before, like there's the, the Tijan coffee that's served in a Chemex, which is a fucking great idea just even by virtue of what we're about to talk about later today and yeah, I got some press the, I remember seeing that the, in the press yeah like the Exotica like mid-century style even even though the Chemex uh, was invented in what the 30s
6: yeah, it was, the, it was, I think, late 30s, yeah. 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 Um, it,
4: it looks very mid-century, though.
6: It actually, what you're talking about with the long room and people wanting to sit at tables, um, we take parties of, like, 15 a lot. Yeah, we can we take, take up yeah. to so about
3: 15 pretty I'm, comfortably.
6: I'm glad we had the large-format drinks before that started happening, mm-hmm. but it would have eventually, we would have had to start figuring out, okay, like, when you know yeah. group of 12 rolls in what are we going to do and now we have we have another great large format drink uh Jim's uh perla negra that's on the menu um
3: uh i don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit but yeah i'd love to hear um, about sure uh yeah it's calamansi <clears throat> uh orange lime uh ginger honey Uh, Batavia rack uh, and uh, rum topped off with actually Garrett Sorrel um, which you can talk about that if you want Um, uh, it's essentially a hibiscus uh, rum infusion sort of it's an agua de Jamaica, but with alcohol instead of water Um, (laughs) and it's served in a uh, it's served in a large uh, skull shaped uh, kind of punch bowl that also that Garrett found somewhere online that we were kind of toying around with the idea to uh, make you're burying the lead,
6: in. though. What's the color? What, what is the color of the drink? Can I just talk
3: about something besides the color? <laughs> no, and it's it's got activated charcoal in it as well. So essentially, you have like this drinks that served in a skull, and it's a black drink, and then it's topped off with red. Uh, from the sorrel, and then there's it's a so uh, metal. candle yeah, stuff. It. Yeah, it's definitely, it's like tiki, it's like metal tiki or tiki metal. I don't know which way it go <laughs> <But>
5: <laughs> Sounds you s- I want great. one of those today. Okay. The original Why didn't name you bring was going to be Black right, mass. Over, right after the show, right? yeah. Pearl and
3: Negra. Much to the
6: chagrin Pearl of Avery Glasser, yeah. it uses charcoal. Sorry, Avery.
4: Um, he'll be fine. Cool, man. Um, some of the other elements of that place that I've noticed, like, And I think we have Come to a really cool place In modern cocktail history Is that One You have a banana drink You had one from the beginning
6: I know, yeah, Yeah. it's still on the menu We've always had it Yeah
4: (laughs) And And two um, Which I think is really kind of funny Like when I, I don't drink coffee anymore But I love that you guys have cold brew Just hanging around because <laughs> like I, I I don't do too many shots but yeah. like the, like anytime like I do a shot with Jim
3: it's the shot, it's of, it's of, a shot right of cold now. brew we probably <laughs> consume more than we serve <laughs> but yeah, like, I'm, still stu- also, I'm still stuck we're, on we're very alert staff I'm, yeah. I'm, stu- I'm still stuck
5: on I don't do too many shots no. <laughs> I feel like it's a I,
4: touching story but I,
5: possibly a lie I, I sip
3: quickly <laughs>
4: It's a subtle difference But uh, The uh, The other thing is Like One that was just posted today uh, On Instagram uh, You've got a new Blue drink
6: Yes Oh no
4: Can we talk about Like the The resurgence of blue drinks Just for a second I mean like It's it's pretty amazing (laughs) I mean like I I love talking about blue drinks I mean Sorry sorry, Souther That's fine I know you're colorblind Whatever
5: Who kicked it off Here in New York That's a good question Was it Nick Bennett With the gunmetal blue Or whatever he definitely got a lot of press for it. Uh, that was over a year ago, right? That was almost two years ago.
6: I mean, there was a there was, it was a on good, the opening
5: it, menu at Portlight. There was a that, good how frozen. Are they? I don't know how at
6: Lonnie Kai, the 808 State? That was a like frozen blue Agricole drink. That was a really good drink uh, at, the, at the time.
4: Well, I mean, the, um, I, th- I just think it's really interesting that the that blue curacao is no longer that thing that people are like afraid. Of. Fuck yeah. that shit. Actually, it.
6: it's a hard dance to to do
4: it's it's a hard dance to balance it and not make it taste blue but at the same time (laughs) i mean like you know what i mean like it like a lot of times it'll just taste blue right i mean you could do a blind tasting of like you know like senior curacao to curacao you know like Mm -hmm. they make five different colors they make like a orange a white brown a red and a and a, a green and a blue they actually make a lot of different colors but like if you do a blind tasting they're not gonna taste. No, the same. they just
6: all taste the same. Yeah,
4: they taste. Yeah, they taste but, the same. But they But once you see it, you're like, damn, it tastes blue. The, yeah.
6: the the dance though is like it's it's color, it's taste. It's got to make sense in the cocktail, and then like it, you could lose the color if you ju- start to adjust one way or the other. Yeah. I mean, mm. if we did the Cleopatra yeah. the way we did it and ended up brown, it probably wouldn't have been on the menu. Yeah. Right, right. It's so subtle that yeah. like one little change would just. It is like, tough, especially in the
3: context of tiki, because so many tiki drinks end up being kind of a beige color, and that's why tiki that's mugs, why the mugs are so Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, you add too many juices. That's or... fascinating.
5: I never knew that. Yeah.
4: Well, you're, yeah. you're colorblind, dude. But still, <laughs> I should have known that about the mug. Not well, right. you were saying before the show, like, dude, guacamole, like, you get your greens, your reds, your purples, like all this stuff. It's like, still tastes good could,
5: when it's brown. Yeah, because yeah, that's how it made. is to me. <laughs> yeah,
4: <laughs> lucky you guys that it's pretty. Uh, okay,
5: well let's let's we haven't talked about the drink. What's the drink that's blue? Lay it on me. Whose yeah. drink is it?
6: uh so this is my riff on the blue hawaii which is going to be on our exotic and night menu which we'll start to unpack that topic in a second but uh pacific ocean blue is um for a while i was doing very straight version of blue hawaii I, I actually have a lot of respect for that cocktail i think it teaches you not only about presentation it teaches you how to balance spirits very well like the original uh recipe for it said, you have to use vodka with white rum and curacao. Otherwise, it's too wet. It's too sweet. And I think it actually teaches bartenders an important lesson, which is something we've applied to a lot of cocktails down at Slowly Shirley, where vodka is with other spirits to sort of like neutral it out, dry it out, mm-hmm. and to use it just as a, like you would in a, in a sauce to just amplify the flavors that are within. Totally. So the base of this drink is rum, Owlsbury Duck Vodka. Um, the rum is Plantation Three Star. Galliano, which is a, a move I took from the Tiki Tea. Every blue Hawaii there gets the fattest, liberalist float of galliano. You can imagine. It really helps the drink. You get, it ups the vanilla, gives you a bunch of herbaceous notes. And then on top of that, there's the traditional lemon and pineapple. There's our version of lime cordial, which gives you the bitterness. It gives an extra citrus element and sweetness all at the same time. And then a very small amount of coconut, which some blue Hawaii recipes have. It's kind of the way we approach classics in general down there, which is... We take a lot of elements from different tiki yeah. drinks, different tiki covers of the same drink over the years. So like our Dr. Funk has like five different versions in one our Navy yeah, Grog just, is the same way. Yeah.
3: yeah, drinks in general, when we put them on the classics list, we kind of figure out like, okay, this person did it this way or it evolved this way over time. What, se- you know, How much sense does it make to incorporate various elements of different people's iterations or takes on those drinks and kind of come up with one that's representative of the drink, but still uniquely our own.
5: Right. Well, at least you guys are approaching it from a thoughtful angle. You're not just whipping shit together and calling it tiki you guys are doing the research and putting in the effort
6: i wouldn't think that these dudes would ever do that you
5: know i'm just making sure the listener is aware
6: that's the benefit of our time though is you know with the internet with all the sort of areas of research and great books from Bishman barry and martin kate and everybody is that you can start to grab all these you know disparate elements and put them together i mean that's the advantage of the time we're living in
5: yeah yeah Well, let's take a quick break and have some cheese and maybe some milk.
6: Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes.
5: Uh, And then when we come back, we're going to talk about this thing we keep alluding to, Exotica. All right.
1: Today's program is brought to you by the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Wisconsin produces the world's best cheese, period. Why? lush grasslands glacial water supply fourth generation cheesemakers combining old world tradition with the new ideas and highest standards the very best milk what do you think of when you think of wisconsin cheese for me i think cheese curds delicious fresh cheese curds or deep fried cheese curds cheese curds literally any way anytime any place I think about Andy Hatch and Upland's Cheese Company, the operation behind the Pleasant Ridge Reserve cheese that's literally America's most awarded cheese. I think of the deliciously stinky Limburger and its long storied history. I think about Raleigh's Dumbarton Blue, a perfect blend of English-style cheddar and notes of blue. I think of Emmy Roth's Grand Cruz Chishwa, which was named 2016's world champion at the World Championship Cheese Contest. Wisconsin is like the world champion of cheese. And once you start reading the list of cheeses made in Wisconsin on their website, you can see why. The Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board is a non-profit organization funded entirely by Wisconsin's dairy farm families. Read more at eatwisconsincheese.com. And as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, eat Wisconsin cheese. It's a no-brainer.
5: Welcome back to the Speakeasy. We're in the studio right now with the team from Sh- Slowly Shirley, and they're going to talk to us now about Exotica. This is going to be a new thing you're doing once a month?
6: Yes. Yeah, uh, every second Tuesday of the month, we're going <clears> to <throat> do this uh, little series. Um, the idea came about we have a lot of uh, regulars that are uh, tiki enthusiasts uh, come once a week Joan Nicole Desmond Martin Duderoff, and about a year ago, I started just as an exercise with some of the other bartenders. Uh, Ray can definitely account for this: is just yes, start starting to, you know, our syrups were like at an optimal level now, and we we're like, you know, let's start specking out some of the weirder classics like Colonel Beach's Plantation Punch, the Saturn, which is a great gin cocktail from the '60s, and just doing that as an exercise, and and then in having doing that process. You know, I always had something new to give these people. When they would come back, I'd be like, Oh, we just figured out... You know, we just figured out the uh, Davy Jones lager from Beachman Barrier. We just figured out the Special Planner's Punch from the Mai Kai. This is our version of it. And uh, over time, this is all built up and kind of created a phantom menu. And I'm one of the few people that works with who they're dating. And uh, my girlfriend, Kayla, would taste a few of these and then sell them on the floor to people that don't even have any idea about it. So what happened is, is we ended up having this very large phantom menu of exotic classics. And we wanted to sort of bring it out from the darkness and into the light. And that was sort of the first idea for this night. And then the second was uh, somebody I casually know, and I'm a fan of his music, uh, Alika Lyman. He moved from Hawaii to New York and contacted me and wanted a place to play his music. His father is one of the founders of Exotica, Arthur. You know his famous album is Taboo, and uh, he played in all of the old Don the Beachcomber spots in Hawaii. So he's he continues his father's legacy. And I wanted to do a night that evokes the era that we you know our bar lives in, and that we can you know have. The ultimate mid-century drinking experience. Tiki drinks, live burlesque, and live Exotica music. It's he's going to be
4: playing live, not DJing.
6: Yeah, he's going to be playing live with his uh, jazz trio. Amazing.
4: So cool, man. My first uh, foray into Exotica was... There was uh, this author, actually, Matt Moranian, Matt wrote uh, a couple of books. Pad... There's like Pad, which was like more of a like mid century modernist design, like home decor kind of uh, vibe. But then he put out a second book called Pad Parties, and in that book, he had like all these different like exotica, like mid century uh, tiki ish drinks. But, but exotica and mid century, but it, like tiki goes into it. But it's like kind of more of like exotica is like the lifestyle, like the post right. post tiki era. Oh, yeah. Like you're like hanging out on like in an Eames chair, yeah, like wearing a suit. Red and jacket. T- One of the <laughs> things
3: I like so much about this idea is that it kind of puts these drinks back into a context. You know, it takes, it, it, it essentially, sorry. Uh, it, it essentially takes them out of like just being something on a menu or that something that you read on in a, in a recipe or read about in a book and puts them into, uh, you know a real place where you're surrounded by elements from that time in and in a place that sort of evokes that time and it, it, it just it puts them into a larger kind of conversation if you will sure man and it, it's it's all about vibes. It's all yeah. about vibes. Hopefully vibraphones. Viber phones, exactly. <laughs> there I'm better so be vibraphones. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> I set you up for that. And, yeah, no, I slam dunk on if that you, one. If you hadn't
4: gone there, man. David, David you? the assist. <laughs>
5: Nerds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> though it sounds awesome. And I'm super stoked to hear that it's going to be on Tuesdays because I don't work on Tuesdays. Yeah, I yeah me neither. So, so we're going to be there. Yeah, so you yeah, guys man. better
4: be there. first one. Let's go yeah. to The first one is awesome. this uh, next. March
6: 14th. March 14th. Tuesday, March. Yeah, 14th. 14th. Yep. This coming Tuesday. Yeah.
5: And it's going to be every what did you say is the second tuesday of the month
6: yes um and it's gonna be this just right after inventories <laughs> <laughs> yeah. are
3: you gonna to give us a week to recover is yeah. it gonna be like
5: a full go or are you gonna eliminate the normal menu for this night every week or every month sorry
3: um, I think it's just going to be the drinks that are developed for it. Uh, regular menu, it, it will probably still be on the table. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, we want we're going to you know, be open for an entire regular service. submit so to the bit, man. Yeah, would, we yeah. want, we want you to have those drinks. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's so I think, you know, it. if, if anyone wants drinks off the regular menu, it'll be kind of after the band's over and we're just sort of open, you know, post post band. What time does it start? What are the hours? Yeah. Uh, six o'clock is when we open the band starts at seven o'clock. Yeah. Cool.
4: Red. So we can, we can. Get you can really, get yourself really really upstairs.
3: God, <laughs> get really
5: weird. Yeah. Like uh, pad your, pad your <laughs> you know, line your stomach a little. <laughs> as we go downstairs. A lot of getting weird time. Drink some blue <laughs> stuff and some murky stuff in mugs and whatnot.
4: Yeah. Um. Well, no, I think actually something I want to say about that is like I know that, um, that these guys don't really do tiki mugs you guys don't i mean like there's i know there's that, a few but i know they, they, uh,
6: there won't be they won't be on this menu no the, this time yeah right. so yeah. like
4: that's, that's gonna say uh, you know going back to the the thing we we're saying before about uh what jim was saying about like a lot of them are kind of like a weird brownish to orangish <laughs> murky color and they go into sorry i know your color shut up man. <laughs> calling um, me out sorry <laughs> i have to man you you're gone for two weeks um. Yeah. yeah, it won't seem like forever to me. My love, heart beats I for the you, red, man. white, and green, or whatever.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> but you know, like I, I know that, especially working with Jim for a long time, and then Garrett also for a long time. Uh, these guys don't like to make drinks that aren't pretty. You know, they like to they like to put some stuff in some glass so you can. I mean, that's I the mean, thing that's, about tiki drinks that I, I, you know, it, that's the whimsical nature
5: of it, right? Because we did talk before the thing about that whole. Guacamole bit. Yeah. And I mentioned that, you know, students when I was an instructor at the New England Culinary Institute would come to me with plates and they would say, and I put some diced red bell peppers for color. And I'd say, if it's not there for flavor, get it the fuck off the plate. I don't want it. Right. But this is the difference, I think, between cuisine and cocktail. Cocktail gets to be whimsical, it gets to have flourishes that don't really have necessary a necessity to be there. You get to have a crazy mug or, you know, pineapple fronds sticking out of there, fire sure. on top. Yeah, but yeah. it still All tie into the drink. I of mean, course. ideally,
3: yeah, if it's well realized, you should have elements of the drink that kind of that point toward how it's served and yeah, how of, it's garnished. I, I it's totally agree with in. that, but yeah. I still
5: feel like you, there's definitely a greater sense of poetic license right. yeah, yeah, in, sure. in the nature of the flourish that is a, a tiki-style cocktail that, yeah. that adds to the whimsy of making the thing and the, the sort of delight of having it presented to you and then enjoying it.
3: Yeah, it goes back back to the saying, uh, you know, a lot of people taste with their eyes. You see a cocktail go across the room, you're like, ooh, what's that? You know, I I want that.
4: Yeah.
5: Yeah, yeah, well, that's the thing. You guys had that Chemex thing, and I mentioned I saw it in the press somewhere a little while ago. Like, that was a big deal, right? People were excited to see that thing. You know, Mother Pearl won best Instagrammable whatever with the shark eye. Yeah, we
6: we lost to that. I saw that. Oh, is that that where I (laughs) saw it? Yeah, we were in the (laughs) same category. That's where I saw this thing. Yeah.
4: (laughs) Right? And that's crazy. That's cool. But, I, you know, on the flip side, well, you know, from a, a, I mean, there's three business owners here, we probably would agree on this, that, you know, it it would behoove you to make a really beautiful drink in, like, a glass that costs you X amount rather than rely on the tiki mug <laughs> that costs you 4X amount. Yeah and gets stolen all the time. Right. Yep. And or when it gets broken you're like fuck. No, not another <laughs> one. <laughs> another another one. So I think like especially with tiki drinks, I always like cuz I have tiki mugs at uh at Crane Army. Actually, a couple of them, my buddy Garrett here, uh has brought back oh, yeah, from, for, various, from travels. various travels. Yeah. Thank you again for those. And I I make drinks for like my friends and, like VIPs, you know. Uh in those but I don't That's obviously, they're not in service. So, like, uh, you know, it comes to a point where you're like, all right, this is a beautiful glass, a glass glass, you know, that the cocktail in it looks amazing, and the garnish is amazing, but... You know, if my bar back breaks that thing, you're done. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, I, it's, it's all right. I can, I can order that again.
3: I still yeah. get pretty bummed out when someone breaks a Chemex. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a sad day. Well, the Chemex surprisingly a, <laughs> rarely happens.
6: Yeah, uh, a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think not using the mugs it forces you to think about like, okay, how like, because mugs are it's it's Absolutely. it's instantly beautiful, yeah. and sure. I think like when we were working on you know some of the presentations downstairs, like it's just. You know, uh, like uh, Ray's Casablanca. It was all right. It's just in a. It's in a tall glass. Like, how are you going to garnish it? How are you going to make it look good? You know, mm-hmm. and like you really have to go through that process.
4: Yeah, know? and that's. I mean, I think that's kind of like a, a way that we're moving into now. I mean, like, I, of course, with the shark eye from *Mother of Pearl*, it's got that it's mug that, like, a ceramic mug. It's a shark. Face. And that's so cool. This <laughs> shark face coming up out mm-hmm. of the bar, yeah, <laughs> and and like it's got Peychaud bitters dashed all over, so it looks like blood, and it's like f- fucking cool. But I think there's, I think that's kind of like the difference between tiki and exotica. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I would agree. The, the presentation of uh, a ceramic uh, tiki god mug, and then like something that's in a really like sexy glass. You know?
6: Would you agree? Yeah, and and um, on that note, like we're also doing some things, and we're going to continue this, like doing some stuff from the mid-century era that are traditional drinks, like Manhattan, Old Fashioned, Mm -hmm. that are then thrown back and made tiki. Uh, One of them we're running is called Mister Hoy's Manhattan.
5: Now you're ringing my bell. Yeah,
6: it's a tribute to uh, the Algonquin and the Brooklyn, but made tiki. So the rye is infused with pineapple. And then it's, besides that, it looks like a very, a it cool looks idea. like a Brooklyn. It's got driver vermouth, it's got maro Lucano and some maraschino. And then the garnish is like a very nice, well-trimmed, you know, straight line of pineapple with like a cherry, very Manhattan-like, but tropical. And Mm -hmm. I I think that's something that we want to explore throughout this series is is doing drinks like that, at least one or two. Sounds exciting. You know, uh,
5: Damon mentioned a couple of books that he knows of that are, like, design-focused because he's got that sort of mind. Uh, Where do you guys go digging when you need some information? Name Name a couple of resources that we could explore.
6: Well, I know Jim uses Martin Duderoff a lot, which luckily comes <laughs> into the bar quite well, a bit. You know, <laughs> luckily, for, he's a regular. No, and his, actually his really, yeah, like, I mean, for, of knowledge. for
3: kind of going back to some of the classics that, you know, we all know, uh, I've found that it, it's helpful to dig online a little bit and kind of find the recipe. Like, there are some things where I'm just like, okay, I don't know where that was originally published, so I look for it. And then I figure out, oh, that was actually made with yellow chartreuse instead of green chartreuse, which is what I always thought it was made with um so it's it's actually you know uh looking on martin's site on cocktail db or on uh simon Difford's site uh they're they're very valuable resources for kind of fact-checking yourself when you're creating menus of classics and uh so yeah those are definitely invaluable sources for us when we when we come up with these drinks i'm a big fan of uh some of the
6: Higher-minded 1970s cocktail guides Like Stan Jones and the Playboy Mm. Stan Jones' playboy bar guide Because they were writing it As that stuff was sort of about to go into the sunset And die for a little bit So it's almost first-hand If, If not, it's like second-hand kind of sort. I mean, Stan Jones had a lot of tiki cocktails in there just amongst the other various, you know, Galliano, Fernet atrocities that are
3: also <laughs> in there. I mean,
6: I love those but too. It's just a tome. But,
3: I mean, that's the yeah. thing about the Jones Bar book if you can find it because it's rare as hen's teeth. You know, it just—it's it, just—it's one of those. It's like the Savoy cocktail book. It's just recipe after recipe. That's all it is. Yeah, no it's context. That's right. <laughs> the Playboy has a little bit more. There's there's
6: some photos. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's a yeah, but. uh for me it's it's definitely trying to like look at multiple sources for things and the trader book the trader vic bar guides from like 72 and 47 are really good for that cuz you can then take something that's in a beastman berry book and be like all right does this actually have the same Uh, Ingredients. And, like, a good example, very famous whiskey, tiki cocktail, starboard light, port light, depending if you use scotch or bourbon. Uh, It's actually totally different in the Trader Vic Guide um, because the recipe that's published in Jeff's book is from the Kihiki in Ohio. And a lot of people confuse those two. And there's small little changes. One has honey, one has grenadine. Totally different drinks. So... Uh, I would just recommend to everybody look up, the authors you love, look up where they found that information from, because sometimes information can surprise you. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, Cool, man. man. Yeah.
5: Well, looks like we're at the end of the road here.
4: Yeah, we're about to get... Let's go get some tiki on.
6: Let's yeah.
5: Go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So um, uh, the important thing to take away from today's show, Exotica is going to be a new monthly event at Slowly Shirley downstairs of Happiest Hour. Uh, what's the address over there? Uh one twenty one West Tenth Street in Manhattan. One two one West Tenth Street. So starting on the fourteenth, that's gonna be every second Tuesday of the month, Exotica, starring these three fellows making you some classic and not so classic tiki drinks with exotica music being played by say his name uh, again? Alika Lyman. Aleka Lyman. Yes. That's gonna be great. Um and then I, I just have one last thing to say about this week's show it was great, obviously. Next week we got Joe Riggs on. He's a descendant of a infamous bootlegger. Mm-hmm. Uh, down south uh so he's going to tell us some stories he's also uh now the rep for redemption
4: rye has been for a while he's has good been dude a yeah,
5: well he has he's been a rep for a while he just moved to new york recently right sure in yeah. new york for about maybe six months he's been down louisville all this time uh he's got some great stories to tell us and probably going to bring us some whiskey to drink on the air yeah you know, he, so. well i mean he better <laughs> <laughs> so tune into that show next week after you've Shaking off your hangover from going to Exotica Night at Slowly Shirley on Tuesday, yeah. the 14th.
4: <laughs> yeah, man. You got anything else? Yeah, I just want to say that uh, there was a. I know that the, a lot of you guys were down at uh, the South Beach. Uh, oh,
5: yeah. I forgot to
6: mention that.
4: Uh, yeah. South so, Beach Food and Wine Festival.
5: Yeah. And uh, Garrett went down with the Tiki Mafiade. Yeah, yeah. I was
6: uh, shaking cocktails from Barbancourt, and it was nice as a as a private citizen not competing it was nice to see new york take the gold mother of pearl one yeah bring, bring the trophy back yeah man where it belongs yeah <laughs> nice
4: we're we're kind of like ramping up on that that season like i mean i feel like south beach is like the beginning of like all these events that like start coming up so
5: right when we sure. usually start shaking off winter but winter never happened so yeah, kind of did come yeah. on Ah, yeah. whatever. You winter. never, you winter. never wore your
3: postal hat. <laughs> exactly. First time in twenty five years. That's crazy. Wait, but winter didn't happen even less last year. I mean, it was winter was non existent last year. But at least we had a long stretch of consistently cold. This year yeah. we had like two days. Yeah, thank
4: God we have a no. had a long stretch of <laughs> shitty weather. Thank God. I'm just saying.
5: Come on. <laughs> but, Climate change is not a thing. It was invented by the Chinese. I don't want to talk about it.
4: All right. Well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we'll be speaking with Joe Riggs, R- Joe Riggs next week, and uh, thanks a lot, guys. Jim, Ray, Garrett, great to have you in the studio again. Um, Thank you, Damon. Thank um, you, Damon. Thanks for having us. Thank you we can't wait to see you at Exotica on Tuesday night at slowly Surely. and slowly, Shirley, and yeah, that's that's about it for this week.
5: Yeah, I just want to throw a quick shout-out to last week's guest. I'm sorry I wasn't here. I was in Mexico, Jess Lambert, but she left me this delicious coconut Negroni that I've been sipping on throughout and the show, the, uh, and, the Fernet. and this house-made Fournette, and I got a pocket full of Fournette lollipops. Yeah. What a fucking lucky boy was, I am. She was awesome. It was, she was I listened awesome. to it from down there. It was a great episode. I, awesome. I'm, sad I, I'm sad I couldn't be here. Well. Um, if you like this show, tune into Heritage Radio Network to listen to thousands more shows just like it. Um, yeah. T- join, us, join us next week with Joe Riggs, and thanks again to the, to the team
4: from Slowly Shirley. All right. Till next week. I'm Damon Bolty. My name is Southern Teague. All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers.
3: So you don't charm the devil with your rock and roll load.